Welcome back to the Company of One podcast. This is episode number 178. I am your host, Dale Callahan, and today we're talking about how to grow that Company of One, how to become better at your job. We talked about that last time in number 177. Today in 178, we want to get into what we call hyper focus mode and specifically look at three tools and I want to focus on one tool for us but three tools in general that help you get hyper focused and what what I mean by that is significantly powerful results Uh, so you see this in all kinds of people so think about people that you that come to mind that are hyper focused on what things move the needle. That term move the needle, right? What are the things that have that giant impact? I think of somebody like a Billy Graham who just had very simple, uh, a, a very simple focus of presenting the gospel to people. And simply, right, if you've ever heard him speak or watched his speak, him speak or watched his son Franklin Graham speak, there's not a lot of complexity there just straight out truth simple down to earth focused on message if you've ever watched either one of them get interviewed by you know a late show host or anything like that always on message never distracted by the things of the world in this case very real for them they weren't distracted by the things of the world but that methodology that they're using is simple focus we see that in all kinds of fields. We see that with people that are focused on res- specific results. And that's what we want to talk about today because when you become focused on what matters, then you start to, as we say, move the needle. So that's what we're going to get into is this one specific methodology. There's three in general, uh, but there's, there's one specific idea that I really want to dive down into and you'll see what I mean by the three. So to get to, to get to this, to get to what we're talking about, and this is going to be episode 178. So just some things that you need to know. The show notes for this is going to be at delcallahan.com/178. And because I'm talking about Company of One, and because for the last couple of episodes I've been talking about the Company of One concept, and right now we're drilling down into what's called your operations mode, your operations officers. We talked about the company of one. We're all companies of one. Everything we do is about serving somebody else in exchange for money. In terms of our work life, that's what we're doing. We're serving somebody else in exchange for money. And when we break up a, so that by the def, by, by the definition there, we're a company. That's the definition of a business, providing a service in exchange for money. And now there's four roles to a company. There's operations, finance, marketing, and research. What we're looking is diving down into operations and the operations of you. Now let's just be blunt here. The reason we're talking about this is to help you make more money. Uh, Obviously you want to become more effective. You want to become a better employee. If you're your own company in the sense that you're, you know, have your own entrepreneurial firm, you, you obviously want to be better at those things and serve your customers well. But at the end of the day, it's about money the end of the week, end of the month, but whatever that term is, it's about money. So let's drive down into something that helps us get focused. 
And so, so you think about so in episode number one seventy seven, on there's a link to it in the show notes, which is become better at your job. We talked about some different things that you should do to become better at your job. And number one that we talked about there was understanding your customer. And in episode number 176, we talked about who is your customer. And there's a whole lot of conversation about customer, uh, but I, we needed to go down into the details uh, because so many of us get it confused. So in this case, just for simplicity, you can listen back, but for simplicity, your customer, in this case, is going to be your boss. Just for simplicity, it gets more complicated, but listen back to 176. Your customer is your boss. So you want to get better results at work, then you need to find out what matters to the boss. What matters to the boss. Now, if you own your own firm and therefore you're working for yourself, right? I put that in quotes because we never really are. But if you are your own owner of your own company, then you have to figure out yourself what matters most. And that's really important to do that, to think about what matters most. So getting into what is your customer, what does your customer need, what is valuable to them, so important because if you don't focus on the important thing, you're down in the weeds. So imagine Billy Graham running around trying to spread the gospel and getting drug into a million political conversations or getting drug into why some companies pay their employees more. Maybe all valid conversations for him but away from the point of what he was trying to do and what he felt like he was called to do. So look at many companies. Focus, focus, focus. Another extreme example, Apple Computer. Focus. When Steve Jobs came back to Apple after being fired and getting hired back to Apple, uh, he brought them back to focus of purpose. What's the purpose of the company? What is the thing that drives revenue and drives sales and drives that loyal following that they've had for so many years? So finding that number one thing should be where you put your focus. And that should is a very important word here. So what you really need at this point is what we would call the four disciplines of execution. That's the tool I want to talk about. It's, I use the term 4DX, four disciplines of execution. Now, if you look up four disciplines of execution, you will probably find a video done by the Stephen Covey group uh, that's done that explains it in a, just a few minutes and does pretty well and gives some examples. We'll talk about it here and explain it to you. But it's a, it's a very popular methodology for focus. So what is the four disciplines of execution? Number one is focus on the wildly important. Now, this is a small number of things that will generate the maximum return. This is why it's so important to talk to your boss or to be focused on what is important. How much of your day job is full of million of a million, a million distractions and things that are not priorities that you spend all of your time on. So finding out what is extremely important helps you move the needle. So let me give you the example that we've used before. Let's say, let's take a non-work example. Let's say I want to lose 20 pounds by December. 
right? A, it's become to you, for whatever reason, a hyper-focused thing. Now, maybe you've gone to the doctor and the doctor says, you've got high blood pressure, whatever, you better get this weight off because you're starting to threaten your life in jeopardy. Now, it's funny that I point that out because that's usually when we start to move the needle becomes hyper-focused, right? And it's weird, so in this book, uh, Unleash the Warrior Within, which I'm not talking about today, but I'll just throw it up here. He talks about the fact we never give ourselves permission to make what's important to us important until a doctor says it's important, right, for losing weight. Or a banker or somebody says, or a financial advisor says it's important to get your retirement under, uh, under control when you've known that all along. So I just use that as an example. But let's, let's pretend you want to lose and it's become the wildly important goal for you to lose 20 pounds. Simple, right? We can all do that part. Uh, now, how do you do that? The second rule here or the second discipline is what we call acting on lead measures. Lagging measures the opposite of lead measures are the things that happen like when you step on the scale. You step on the scale and it shows you your weight. And so you hope that somewhere between now and December you step on the scale and it weighs 20 pounds less. Well, hope is a bad plan for getting results that you're, you are in control of. So acting on lead measures means what can you do today, tomorrow, this week to impact that number on the scale. So a simple methodology would be using something like MyFitnessPal or one of the other apps out there that tracks your food. Research has been done on these. Whether you write it down, whether you use an app or whatever, people who track the number of calories they eat lose weight, period. It doesn't matter what diet plan you're on or anything else. People who become aware of what they eat and track it lose weight. People who become aware of where they spend money and start tracking it save money. It's just, it's mostly a game of awareness. So you recognize the lead measure for you to lose 20 pounds, the lead measure, the thing you do day to day, hour to hour, is to whatever goes in your mouth, you type it in there and say, this is the food I've eaten, the water I drank, whatever it is. So that's lead measures. Number three is keeping a compelling scorecard. Now, a scorecard is how we keep score. It's nothing complicated, usually. So for us, and, and something like a MyFitnessPal or all the apps do this, is they automatically add up how many calories. So if you've done and you put in all your stuff in there, um, and uh, I think all these apps do something similar. You put in, okay, I weigh this much, I want to weigh this much, and it calculates how much you should be eating a day. And so it just tells you how much, how many calories have you had today? And are you over or under? So it's simple, you can see it. So it's a scorecard, it's, it's done for you. So number four is a, a cadence of accountability. Keeping yourself accountable. So how do you do this? Is if you just did nothing but a weekly review of where you are. You step on the scale, you record it in there, and you just kind of go back and review. Maybe you have an accountability partner. Maybe you and the friend are trying to lose weight together. And you sit down and you review this. Probably not over donuts and coffee, but maybe. But you're sitting, going to sit there and review this with each other to hold each other accountable and you say, man, what did I do wrong or what did I do right? 
and it helps keep you on track. Uh, so this is the four methods that we'll use here, and it's called, again, the four disciplines of execution. Focus on the wildly important, uh, acting on lead measures, keeping a compelling scorecard, keeping score, and having accountability, the four things. These are super, super powerful tools that are used by major companies to help deliver powerful results, and usually in this case, monetary profit. So those tools. So let's talk about uh, some examples that kind of help you do this. In the book, Deep Work, which is an awesome book uh, by Cal Newport. Cal Newport's a faculty member in computer science, if I remember. Uh, and when he was a fairly new uh, faculty member, knowing what, if you know anything about the world of faculty, you might appreciate this, but as a fairly new faculty member, he knew out of deep, uh, he knew that he needed to get results. And uh, by results, it means published academic papers and academic research, meaning funding. Now, I know this, so right now I'm playing the role of associate dean uh, as, for, for our university, for our School of Engineering, and I watch faculty, so new faculty, so wildly distracted by all the things that they think they need to do, that they think that are important, and they're not hyper-focused. This is a great book. Every faculty should read this. Actually, everybody who wants to get great results, this is a great book. Let me just give you, kind of show you how he thought through this. So realizing as a new faculty, what does it take to win? So again, what did the boss say? So let me assume that his chairman, his boss said, Cal, what you've got to do to win is you've got to focus on publishing high quality papers and getting research, which means writing high quality proposals. That teaching stuff you know we're doing, it's important, but it's down the path for you in terms of importance. You're just going to go in there and teach and do a good job. All the things we suspect about universities, about where we put the priorities, usually that is true, uh, that it is research-focused uh, for a large research university. So Cal understood this. So now he understood what the goal was, and so his number one wildly important goal was to publish five high quality papers in that academic year. Now let me just tell you, that's a lift. That is a, a significant goal he set for himself, but that's where he set it, because if he knew he did that, it would definitely move the needle toward him becoming a tenured faculty member. So that was his wildly important goal. Number two, what was number two? Focus on lead measures. Now this takes it. This is going to take some thought, and the reason I'm giving this example is to show you how this is not an easy part. The what's a lead measure? Losing weight, we kind of see what to do. It's how we eat. But how do you get? What are the things that Cal had to do day to day to get published papers? And what he came up with was time spent in deep work, hence the name of the book, Deep Work, where, in other words, time spent where I'm in deep, focused concentration of work, students or other faculty members are not running in and out of my office, I'm not going to a meeting, I'm not scanning Facebook, I'm not doing anything but doing my work, 
hyper-focused. And what he decided was that was the lead measure. How many hours per week, hours per week that he spent in deep focus. So you can think about this. I don't know. He didn't say this in the book. But you can think that he probably took something like his cell phone and said set timer for 60 minutes and set it down and went to work uninterrupted for that 60 minutes and when that was over he had his hour and that's the kind of scorecard he had so it was simple and the reason i would like pointing out this example is the simplicity of it but it probably took him a little while to think about what is that lead measure so third what was cal's scorecard cal's scorecard was really simple uh, which is important, and I'll tell you why in a minute, is he just decided to take a sheet of paper, a big cardstock of paper, and divide it up by the number of weeks in a semester, and then do tally marks, you know, one, two, three, four. Or no, one, two, three, four, five. I can't apparently do tally marks. And he would just put little tick marks up there, had it up there in front of his monitor where he could see it, couldn't miss it. He could look over, up there and see at a glance at any time how he was moving the needle and he was just doing that. And when he did something significant like published a paper or got to a significant point in that, he would do a circle on that tally mark. And then he could see how many tally marks and then how many circles on the tally mark and he would, things were happening. But it was simple. It was, a, it was stupid simple uh, for that, uh, for that particular part. Then he did, number four, his accountability. How was Cal holding himself accountable. He would do a weekly review. Now, I love doing weekly reviews. It's a powerful way to look back and say, is what I'm doing working? It, was it effective and why and why not? So he would just look at the chart up there. He would look at his goal to write five papers and get them published in high quality journals and look at the numbers and say, I, I don't have as many tally marks up there as I did the week before or it's not getting better and so he knows at that point he's highly distracted and he it doesn't take rocket science at this time he realizes he's going to meetings he shouldn't now over the period of time that he did this he talks about finding himself getting out of meetings getting out of distractions to being focused when he was focused on teaching doing his teaching well working with students well and then getting away from things so he could do his deep work Again, hence the name of the book. So it was successful, right? I forget how many published papers he had, but he met his goal. Not only that, he published a New York Times bestseller that year. So pretty, pretty effective uh, tool for him and, and, and his method of doing this. So how can we do this at work? I want you to think about for you. What is it that, will, that you need to be hyper-focused on? Number one, you have got to find out what's the wildly important goal. If you're in sales, you know it's probably the number of sales calls you make. If you're in sales, you probably know the wildly important goal. You just avoid it, right? But you know what is important to get success. But if you're not, if you're a support engineer, if you're a code developer, what is wildly important? you got to find out from your boss, the people who are paying you, what do they value? What, at the end of the year, when they look at you and say, you've done X number of these things and you've gone to X number of meetings, 
what do they really care about? How many emails you sent? How many meetings you attended? You know, how many uh, times you ate cake for a birthday party and showed up? Whatever's important to them is what you need to focus on, but it's probably not those kind of things. So determine what's wildly important. This usually means conversations with your boss. If you own your own company, it just means you looking at the things and it's probably about marketing and sales. Just saying, that's usually where it's at. So determine your wildly important goal. Usually we can get there, but to do that, you're gonna to have to make some decisions about what's not wildly important. I always love when I hear the word priorities. We're trying to determine what our priorities are. Priorities is a plural word. Priority is about singular things. You can't have multiple priorities. You can only get one thing done well, certainly at a time. So thinking about what's important is absolutely critical and it takes some time to flesh through that. For most employees, if they sit down, I know we've done this hundreds and hundreds of times, if they sit down with their boss and their teammates, they end up with three critical things that they've got to move the needle on. Three. They probably have 20 or so they do, but three are the critical things. So focus on those. So number two, once you get that and you get, you get some clarity there, what are your lead measures? And by the way, you don't want to spend a lot of time on that first part. You don't want to spend weeks and months doing that. You want to get pretty clear pretty quick. And hopefully you've been talking to your bosses and your customers or whoever and you understand it. So number two, finding out the lead measures. This gets a little tricky, as I've showed you in Cal's case. You had to really think through this. And if it wasn't for people like MyFitnessPal or there's a long track record of people losing weight and trying to figure out how to lose weight well, that we know it's about calorie intake. And it's also, we also, through research, we know that if you just track it, you lose weight. If you just track the money you spend, you, you save money. So thinking through what are the lead measures, what, and, and you can't worry about what happens later. What did you do this week? And think about simplicity. Is it the number of phone calls you make, which is what a lot of salespeople focus on? Is it the number of emails? Is it the number of sit down times where you presented the case uh, of, your, of your company of, or your sales pitch? Uh, whatever it is, and it, this can be a little tricky, but figure out what's the simple thing that you've got to do that you've got to measure to get your results. So number three is the scorecard. This is where I see chaos setting in. Um, so I was with doing this with a team not too long ago where a team was doing this and the scorecards become unruly complex. Imagine Microsoft Excel spreadsheets with different colors and every week they're going to look at the scorecard and it's going to be all fancy and it's going to be crazy and they're going to have heavy duty complications and now you got to dedicate John over here just to get in the scorecard done. No, stay away from that. Focus on simplicity. Cal's thing of just, can you write something down on a sheet of paper next to you so it's visible? If you have to put it in a Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets or something like that, that's fine, but make it simple. Nobody cares but you. The whole point of this is not for presentation. The whole point of this is to help you see what's going on. And number four, accountability. 
For me, I think the thing that would work if I'm working for a boss and I understand what the boss wants and the boss sees this, I would take my plan back to the boss. Hey boss, you said this is what's wildly important, so here's what I think. If I do this every day, if I do so many of these things every day or every week, then I'm going to move the needle and get what you want. And get your boss to agree on it and feel good about it. And here's the way I'm going to track it is through these simple little tra tracking thing. Don't get too caught up in it. I just want to show you. Do you agree? And then just have a weekly meeting with the boss and say, here's where I am. And then evaluate what went, what went wrong because the boss is probably part of it, right? They probably drug you into meetings and things that happened that drug you away from the core goal. So this is a powerful, powerful tool for disciplines of execution. Now, I want to step back, as I said, and say if you have larger teams, so you want to implement something like this with a bigger team, then what I would recommend is, uh, I mean, this, this, is a, this is all just focused on priority. I'll use that word singular. Is There's a book, Measure What Matters, uh, by John Doerr. I think that's how you say it. Awesome book using objectives and key results, which is a simple concept that's similar. Uh, that's a great thing for using with teams. Micro, uh, Intel uses this. A lot of different companies, I think Google, uh, uses this um, to, to get results now. Very powerful sets of tools, but it's more team-based. Um, and another one for small companies, small companies under 500 people or teams under 500 people, uh, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which is do documented in the book Traction. All these books and links to these books and things will be in the show notes at delcallahan.com slash 178. But all these tools are about executing. So John Dewar in this book, and I think this is an awesome, I just kind of leave you thinking with this is he says the key thing with Intel, Andy Grove, the CEO of Intel that really pushed them to fame, uh, what used to say, ideas are easy. Execution is everything. So he credit, I don't know if John said that first or Andy, but he was crediting it to Andy. But ideas are easy. Execution is everything. I look at that with small companies. I look at that where we're venture capitalists have backed up companies. It's about executing. Fancy, complex ideas mean nothing if they're not executed. Simple ideas can change the world if they're done well. Think about Billy Graham. Totally changed the world in terms of spreading the gospel. Think about Jesus Christ. Simple, simple message. Totally changed the world. But, you know, he's God, so we probably don't want to include ourselves in that category. But think about all of these kind of things in terms of helping you get better execution. That's all you got to do. If you know what's important and you execute well, wild success. Hopefully that helps. Again, I'm looking for podcast reviews and just ask for your help there to get some podcast reviews. Uh, and you can get find out how to do that at delcallahan.com com slash 178. Love to hear from you. Uh, so you can always reach me Adele, Adele Callahan.com. Have a great one. Talk to you next week.